The title of the message is this one. What Judas missed. That's the title. What Judas missed. And if you were here this morning and you've been listening to the worship, we're on the same line. I was, I was so touched this morning uh, by the message by Pastor William. And it was just so in line with what I sense on my spirit for this afternoon. So with this title, the topic is the blessings we miss when we give up. The blessings we miss when we give up. And to do so, we'll look at a sad end of the life of Judas, who committed suicide. And in doing so, he missed out on three blessings that were available to him. And you may not be considering suicide today, although many struggles with suicidal thoughts, even in the church. But there's something taboo about it, and we don't talk about it, but it's there. So if that's your case today, this message is definitely for you. But others here, you are considering another type of suicide. Another type of giving up, of quitting. Maybe you're thinking of giving up on your marriage. Maybe you're thinking of accepting the advances of the other person at work. Knowing very well that it will kill your marriage. Maybe you're giving up on your family. Maybe you're giving up on your testimony by doing something that is dishonest or lacks integrity. Maybe you're thinking of committing, committing spiritual suicide, of just giving up your Christian walk, giving up on Jesus, on your calling, on your service for him. Betraying what the Lord has done for you in the past. If so... This message is definitely for you. But maybe it doesn't apply, either one apply to you. Well, this message is definitely for you. <laughs> Because you don't know what storm may come and you might feel like giving up and quitting as well. So let's look at this tragic end of the life of Judas. And we'll look at Matthew 27 verse 1 to 5. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elder, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what's that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Father, I pray for a fresh anointing of the spirit of the living God to fall fresh on us today. You came to give us life. So I pray for your spirit of life today. In your precious name, Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. One of the most horrible events surrounding Easter is the betrayal of Judas. That the Romans wanted to kill Jesus, we understand that. That the religious people of the time wanted to kill Jesus, that makes sense. But that one of the twelve, one of the disciples that walked by his side for three years, have heard all these messages on love and forgiveness, who had seen miracles, had seen the dead being raised, had even eaten of the, 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 had the, 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 the fishes and the bread that was multiplied. 
His own life was saved when they were in the middle of a storm in the boat and Jesus calmed the storm. That one of the 12 would betray Jesus is so hard to understand. How could he do that? Well, there were many suggestions that have been written. We know he lacked integrity. We know he was stealing money from the petty cash, from the little funds that they had. We know he was stealing money from there. We also know that he was the one who said when this woman came and poured on this expensive perfume to anoint Jesus, he was offended and said, we could have sold this perfume and made some money. He betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. So this is a good reminding that a little lack of integrity can lead to great betrayals. It never starts big. It starts small. But it will lead to great betrayal. But we also know that he was a zealot. And the zealot was a group, a political group, who wanted to revolt against, who wanted to lead a revolution against Rome to liberate to liberate Israel. And they wanted to do it with force, with violence. And he was part of that group. And some think that by betraying Jesus, what, what Judas was hoping to accomplish was a major political clash. And then the war would erupt. And then they could fight against Rome. Whatever the reasons, Judas missed out on three blessings by committing suicide, by giving up. The blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of peace, and the blessing of power. And we, when we think of giving up, we also miss, those, miss out on those three blessings that are available to us by God's grace. First of all, Judas missed out on the forgiveness of Jesus. You see, Judas, Judas took his own life after Jesus was arrested. But before the crucifixion, before Jesus could say from the cross, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. You see, Judas was not there to hear those words from the cross. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, but the sin of Judas was so horrible. It was unforgivable. Well, that's not true. Even that sin could be forgiven. It's the greatness of his grace that was demonstrated at the cross. That's how great his grace is. You see, it doesn't mean that our sins are so little and it's, it's not really important. No, that's when you fall into cheap grace. It's when you realize how bad sin can be, how deadly it is, how horrible it is. And yet his grace is greater than my sin. That's amazing grace. That's amazing grace. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the desire of God's heart. He wants all to come to repentance and not perish. And that applies even to Judas. Because God does not, does not want anyone to perish. And Judas was so close to be forgiven. So close. You see, you need three things. To be forgiven, you need to do three things. The first one, you need to recognize and admit your sin. You need to recognize it. That it's your sin. 
The second thing you need to do is regret your sin. I don't want to live like that anymore. And the third thing to do is to receive his forgiveness. To receive his forgiveness. Notice what Judas said in verse 3 and 4 that we read earlier. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and elder and saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. You see what Judas has done? He recognizes his sin. He regrets his sin. He, he throws back the 30 pieces of silver. He regrets his sin. But he does not ask, nor does he receive the forgiveness of God. He felt bad for what he did, but he stayed with his guilt. Instead of giving it to God and asking for forgiveness. Instead of asking for forgiveness, in his guilt and his remorse, he took his own life. Have you made a mistake? Have you made a mistake? Maybe something that you deeply regret. A betrayal of your faith. And you're thinking, I am no longer worthy to be a Christian. My sin is too great. The Lord is tired of forgiving me because I still have that same sin. Well, I want to tell you today that that's the biggest lie there is. Amen. There's no such thing as being worthy to be a Christian. It is by grace that we are saved. It's by his grace. It's nothing to do with our worth. And so don't give up on your Christian walk today just because you committed a great sin. Or you committed something that's so horrible that you think it's over. That the Lord doesn't want to hear from you anymore. That's not true. Don't destroy your relationship with Jesus. Recognize your sin today. Regret it. Regret what you've done. But most of all, receive his forgiveness. Receive it. Receive it. Do not deprive yourself of God's forgiveness made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus at the cross. You're not deciding. God is deciding. And God has decided to show us his grace to pay the price at the cross so that we may be forgiven. It's all about him. You need to receive it. You haven't done anything that is greater than his grace. His grace is greater than whatever you've done. The second blessing that Judas missed is the peace of Jesus. Three days after the death of Judas and the death of Jesus, Judas stayed dead, but Jesus rose from the dead. You see, Judas died before he could hear Jesus walk into the room where all the disciples are scared for their lives. I love the scene. Jesus, Jesus just walks in. It says he didn't even open the door. He just walked in. Don't you love that? So I'm, I'm showing up. And what does Jesus say? Peace be with you. Peace. 
be with you. You see, Judas was not there to hear that. He could not hear what Jesus was about to say. Peace be with you. We see that in, in John 20 verse 19. Even though Judas had heard Jesus made that promise earlier. In John uh, chapter 14 verse 27. Peace I leave with you says Jesus. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you peace. And by giving up. He could not receive that peace. When Judas gives up, he is not able to receive that peace that Jesus is offering to all the disciples and to all of us. See, so many today are struggling with fear and anxiety. They're troubled in their hearts. They're troubled in their minds. And so many are seeking peace in all this world has to offer. They're trying to find peace and relief in all kinds of addiction. And it's not working. They're still troubled. They're still filled with anxieties. I have talked with people who've tried to commit suicide. And I remember one person said, I was filled with anxiety, with fear, with worries. And I thought by killing myself. At least I will be at peace. They were seeking peace. And maybe you're feeling that way today. You're filled with anxieties. You're looking at your circumstances. You're looking at your situation. You're looking at what's around you. And you're filled with worries and anxieties. May I make a suggestion to you today if you're in the middle of a storm and you're and you're looking around and everything around you is it promotes anxieties and worries and fear may I suggest to you that you stop looking around and you start looking up because in the middle of a storm you'll see the heavens are calm when you start to look around, stop. Start looking up. Look to God. Look to Him. Because the only real source of peace is in the resurrected Christ. The living Son of God. This is how Paul said it. When, when we, we, we go to Him and we give Him all our worries, all our preoccupations, all our anxieties. And he says in Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, it surpasses all understanding because technically nothing has changed around you. You're still in the middle of a storm, yet all of a sudden you feel that peace. You say, it's going to be okay. I don't know how. I don't know when. Like Pastor William preached this morning in due time. I look up. It's calm. I have this peace. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I can access that, that peace that surpasses all understanding. So to find or find again your inner peace today, trust in him. Don't give up on your relationship with Jesus. Don't quit. In the storms of life, in the middle of fear and anxieties, hang on to him. Because he's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. 
He's my hiding place. So when it's stormy, I go and I hide in his presence. And there I find my peace. The third blessing that Judas missed. He missed out on the power of Jesus. See, Judas wanted power. He was hungry for power. He wanted political power. He wanted to have power to deliver Israel from Rome, from the Romans. That's what he was seeking for. He was seeking for power. And how sad that by committing suicide, he missed out on the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit. A power that was so great that when it filled the believers, they turned the world upside down. Not just Rome, the whole world. They shook the world because they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that came in them. You see, Judas died before he could hear Jesus say at Pentecost, you shall receive power. You're going to receive power. It's in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And then we follow the book of Acts and it's, it recounts incredible actions of the believers who were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with a power that came from on high and they're doing incredible things. Because they had connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. See, Judas missed out on that. Let me ask you a question today. Are you thirsty for God's power in your life? Are you thirsty for it? Are you hungry to see God's power in you and God's power through you? To see it in you and to see it through you. To see his power at work in you when you cannot imagine a life free from your addiction. But there's a greater power that breaks every chain. And that's the power of the living God. And you need to pray. If you're struggling with addiction, you need to pray, God, I need your power to break those chains. Your power is greater than my addiction is. So break. I need to have that power in my life. I need to see that power in my life. I need to see his power, his power in the fruit of the spirit in me. That I'm transformed into his image. That I'm transformed by the power of his Holy Spirit. I remember telling Jesus a few years ago, Lord, that's it. I quit. I give up. This Christian life is too difficult. I, I, I can't make it. I'm trying really hard to be a Christian, but it's really, really difficult. And so I think I'm going to quit. And I just sense this, the Jesus tell me, well, I never intended for you to do that by yourself. Oh. That's why I sent my Holy Spirit to be in you, to transform you. I, I, I'm going to do it in you. I started a good work in you. I'll finish it. I'll finish it. See, to see his power in our lives, we need his power in our lives. We can't do this on our own. So we need him. But to also to see his power through you. 
as you witness of your faith, as you pray for someone, the gifts of the Spirit that are manifested all of a sudden because you needed that power that comes over you to see His power on your marriage, on your family, on your children, on your grandchildren. Are you hungry for that? Are you thirsty for that? Don't quit. Don't give up. Ask. Seek it. Don't quit. Do not commit the suicide of your dreams, on your hope, on your calling. Don't lose hope. His power is still available. His power is still at work. He's still the living God. And he does it again and again and again. To those that will ask, to those that will seek, to those that will knock. He will answer. He will answer. So don't give up. Don't give up. He's not done with you yet. Don't give up. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell the per your neighbor, don't give up. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with it. See, by committing suicide, Judas missed out on those three blessings. The blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of peace, and the blessing of power. And maybe you feel like giving up today. You may even be struggling with suicidal thoughts. Maybe you were struggling all week and you barely made it to today because you're struggling in your thoughts about ending it. Don't give up. Maybe you've lost a desire to live. Don't give up. Don't stay alone. Don't stay alone. If you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, either call some of the people on the pastoral care team here. But if it's, if, if it's not during those hours when there's nobody around, call a helpline. Call a crisis center. Do something. Even if you're scared of yourself, please, I, I, I ask of you. Call. There's helplines. There's centers that are there for you. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, but are they Christians? Let me say this to you. When your house is on fire. <laughs> you want a fireman with a Bible or with a fire hose? It doesn't... <laughs> In case of emergency, just call for help. I've met a lot of people that work in this field. And you know why they're there? Because basically they care. So call for help. Call for help. Don't isolate yourself. Call for help. But maybe you feel like giving up on your Christian life. I know there's no one like this here today. 
But sometimes I've met people that go to church, not because they want to go to church, but because they don't want to have to answer the questions, why weren't you in church on Sunday? It's easier to show up to church. And you feel like you're going to give up on your Christian life. You've lost hope. You've lost hope for your marriage. You've lost hope for your family. You've lost hope in yourself. Because you failed again. You failed again. And you've lost hope in yourself. I had a client tell me. Jesus must be so tired to see me coming to ask for help all the time. I said, no, he rejoices every time you do. Because that means you haven't given up. You haven't given up. So maybe you fail. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Maybe you're filled with worries and anxieties. And you say, what's the point of going on? Don't give up today. Hang on. Hang on. It's not over. It's not over. The last chapter of your life has not been written yet. Don't give up. It's not over. This may be a dark season, but the last chapter hasn't been written yet. Maybe you despair when you look at your children. Maybe you despair when you look at your grandchildren. Don't give up hope. The last chapter has not been written in their lives. They may be very far away from the Lord today. But the Lord has not written the last chapter in their lives. Don't give up hope. Trust in him. Trust him. It's not over. With God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. With God, there is hope. There's always hope. So receive his promises today. Promises of forgiveness. Even if you fail miserably again this weekend. Maybe you fell again in your addiction. Don't deprive yourself of his forgiveness today. He said if we confess, he's faithful to forgive. Don't give up today. Receive the promise of his peace today. That you know, that you know, that you know. That your life is in his hand. And he won't drop you. He will not abandon you. He will not forsake you. Maybe everybody else in your life has. But Jesus never will. Jesus never will. So receive his peace. That peace that surpasses all understanding. That peace that deep within our spirit to know my father is there. As we sang, I'm wrapped in his arms. How secure does that feel to be wrapped up in his arm? That's the peace we're talking about. That's the peace that God's offering us. And then receive the promise of his power. It's still available today. And we still need it today. We can't do this on our own. 
We can't do this on our, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to this day. And some of you are looking at me and says, yeah, but it's not really possible all you're saying. That all sounds very nice, but is that really possible? The answer is an absolute yes. Here's my proof. Peter. You see, in my opinion, Peter did worse than Judas. Did much worse. Judas never told Jesus, I will never deny you. But Peter did. Peter did. Right to his face. Jesus, I'll never deny you. I'll die with you. Right? Those great promises that we make on a Sunday in church. Sounds like Peter. Right? And he said to Jesus, right to his face, I'll never deny you, Jesus. And Jesus says, yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. But I've prayed for you. I, I pray for you. And then when I see Peter repent, recognize his sin, regret it, but then receive the forgiveness. See, that's the whole difference. When Jesus shows up after the resurrection, oh, there's a talk between Peter and Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and three times he's going to ask him, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? And he says, yeah. You know I love you. Three times. Three denials. See the forgiveness of God. And then what happens at Pentecost? Peter receives the power. He receives the power from on high. He who denied Jesus because there was a little servant girl. And said, are you one of them? He said, no, 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 no. I don't know him. I don't know who he is. One little servant girl. And he's all scared. But on Pentecost, when he's filled with power, he stands before the crowd. And he starts to preach, and 5,000 will get saved. See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. If God can do that in the life of Peter, he can do it in your life. He can do it with you. It's possible. Don't give up. The philosopher Immanuel Kant said this. Suicide is not an abomination because God is against it. God is against it because suicide is an abomination. And then Emmanuel, the son of the living God, said this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He wants to give you life. He wants to bring life abundantly in you and through you. Because there's a whole world that are thirsty for life. He wants to use you. Receive it today. Don't give up. He's not done with you yet. Can we pray? Let's bow our heads. You're here today, today and, and, and you were thinking of giving up. And, and from the moment this, the service started this morning at 10 o'clock, that, that the message keeps coming back. Don't give up. Hold on. Don't quit. The Spirit of God is after a few people here today. And you're here and you feel like just giving up. 
because you did it again. You've betrayed your faith again. You've committed a sin again. And you feel you're disqualified today. That you're no longer worthy to be a Christian. Or you're thinking of doing something that would be like committing suicide in your marriage, in your workplace, in your testimony, in your family, in your children. And Jesus is telling you, don't give up. If you've done wrong, receive my forgiveness. I paid the price at the cross for you to be forgiven. So receive my forgiveness. Maybe you think you're going to give up because the trial is so intense that the anxieties and the worries, everything that's being said around you, maybe even the the doctors and, and, and other people said, so there's no more hope. Start looking up. Start looking up. Because there is great peace in him. Great peace in him. There is assurance in Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. He just is. So you can find your hiding place in him today. And maybe you're discouraged in yourself today. Can't seem to get it right. And you feel like you're going to quit. Don't give up today. Just hang on and claim his promises of the power of the Holy Spirit in you. That he will come and bring freedom in you. That he will break every chain. That he will break every chain in your life. It's still possible today. That his power will help you. His power will help you. If that's your case today. You're struggling. You feel like you're going to give up. I would like to pray for you. So I would ask you just to stand where you are. Just stand where you are. Say I feel like giving up. I feel like quitting. Battle is so hard. And just just stand there. Just stand where you are. No shame. We're in the house of God. No shame. You know what, Pastor? I feel like I'm going to give up. I'm tired. I'm troubled. I'm discouraged. I've lost hope. I just lost hope. I don't think anything's going to come of it. Jesus has promises of forgiveness, promises of peace, promises of power. You're here and you're struggling with addiction. You need his power. You need his power. Don't give up. So for those of you that stood, I want you to just Come down to the front. We're going to pray with you. As the choir will sing, just come, make your way down, all the way from the balcony. If you did not stand up, and you know you should be at the front, just come on down. Just come on down. We'll have a prayer team. We'll have people that will come and pray with you, and then we'll have a word of prayer with you. 
You see what the enemy does? He tells us we're all alone. No one else struggles with this. And that's the biggest lie. And this is the safe place in which we can admit, look, I'm struggling. Because we're in the house of God amongst believers. We're in the family. I'm discouraged. I feel guilty. I came in with this guilt on my shoulder. I came in with anxiety. I came here so worried about my children, so worried about my grandchildren. I need help. I need peace. I need peace. You came here and you're so discouraged in your walk. Say, I can't make this. I need power. I need the supernatural power of God to come and give me victory. There's a couple here and you're about to throw the towel on your marriage. You've lost hope for your marriage, but you're here today. And I, I just sense this in my spirit. I could be totally off. That's okay. But you're both in agreement that you're about to throw the towel on your marriage. You see no more hope. God is calling you today. God is calling you. He said, don't commit suicide of your marriage and your vows. Don't. Don't do it. And so, to the husband, I want to say, as the leader of your house, I want you to take your wife's hand and come down to the front. We're going to pray for you. If that's you, just grab her hand and just come to the front. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You give us hope, Lord. When the world says there's no more hope, you give us hope, Lord. You give us hope. You give us hope. I just want you to stretch your hands towards the people at the front. Can you please do that? Just raise your hand towards the people at the front. But Father, we come in your name, Jesus. And we pray for every person that came to the front today. You know the situation. You know the, the storm and why they want to give up. Lord, I come against any thoughts of suicide in your name, Jesus. That's what the thief comes. He comes to steal and destroy. So I come against those thoughts in your name, Jesus. And I pray for abundant life. I pray for abundant life. I pray for hope. Lord, I pray for those that are so discouraged with themselves. That they would sense, they would receive your forgiveness right now. That it will leave much lighter than the shape in which they came. When they were burdened when they came in. That they will leave lighter. Because their sin will be left at the cross. I pray for those that are troubled right now. They're looking around. They're looking at circumstances. Would you come and gently lift their heads. So that they can look into the heavens. Where there is peace. And the prince of peace. And that you would give them that peace that surpasses all understanding right now. Right now, nothing has changed. Except inside there's a peace. It's going to be okay. I can trust Jesus. In due time. 
I can trust Jesus. And Lord, we pray for all of us for a refreshing, a renewing of the power of your Holy Spirit. That you can show your power in us so that people around us would be amazed at what we're becoming because it's the power of God that's in us, changing us, breaking the chain, renewing us. And would you show your power through us this week? Maybe there's people we've talked about you for so many times, but this week, let there be some breakthrough. As we're praying for some, let's see some breakthrough. Lord, we pray for breakthrough in marriages and in families. Breakthroughs in the life of our children and our grandchildren. Breakthroughs in the life of our parents. We want to see breakthroughs. We call upon your power, Lord. And may you receive all the glory, all the adoration, all the worship of our heart. It's all because of you, Jesus. And all God said, God's people said, Amen. don't give up. Amen.